What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast, episode 40, I believe. Hopefully that's true. Um, Let me see here. Wow, the last time I did a podcast was October 26. Um, That's five weeks ago. It's so crazy. I apologize to you all, anyone listening that likes to have consistency in their life and doesn't experience it with my podcast. (laughs) Patterns, permutations, time, rhythm, coordination, meter, concentration, tempo, modulation, groove. Welcome to the Drum Mantra Podcast. This is Rich Stitzel, and it's time to go deeper with your practice. Polyrhythms, polymeters, what are they? How are they related? How are they different? Let's take a look. Before I set up anything in a session, I try to find out, hey, what's the first song we're going to do? Can we go listen to it? Is there some kind of demo? And then, because I hate, I hate just like throwing up like any old cymbals and snare drum and whatever, um, building a kit and then going to listen to the song, you're like, oh, well, I wouldn't use half the stuff that's up here. The way to be successful at something is you have to be so passionate about it that time disappears. You do not care. Just in it. You can't wait to wake up because you get to start again. When you go to sleep, you hope that you dream about it. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about passion. I, I really feel like that's a really under-emphasized part of being a drummer. Is getting sad. What happens is you're moving the accents everywhere possible in a measure of four-four, a measure of three-four, and a measure of five. You break it down. You know, sometimes you'll do threes in each hand or whatever. But it's a, it's a combination of just those two things and throwing in. Like It's crazy. Life for me is consistent as far as it is full of things at all moments. And uh, to be honest, I just maybe, maybe 2019 will be the year of the podcast for me where it becomes something very uh, routine. But if you don't know me in person, um, I'm a little bit of an introvert. And talking is kind of a therapy for me, actually. I, I like to stay quiet. I'm, I'm, I, I'm in my head a lot, and I've, it's kind of been the way I've been pretty much my whole life. And I'm really working through finding the balance of kind of being out in the world and continuing to sort of have the machine in my brain going at all times of course I know we all probably have things we're thinking about at all moments and for me you know of course uh, I have a family so there's that a senior in high school daughter and a junior in high school daughter and wife and wife owns a business and so there's little you know things like that to to uh, consider and um, and just keeping relations with them, and then of course, you know, tr- trying to keep in touch with my f- other family, like my parents and my sister, and then um, and friends. I'm, it's kind of it's it's kind of weird. I'm I'm it's hard for me to to stay in touch with friends recently, probably because I'm just busy, and usually the 
you know, when you're a musician, your closest friends are the people that you play with. As far as my experience has been in my 26 years of being a professional musician, all my my friends are are the people I play with. So it's it's great to see them. But of course, 17 years ago, I moved to to uh, Chicago from Texas, and. Um, Sometimes a little too much time goes between getting in touch with with my old bandmates and some of my best friends as well. So that kind of weighs on me every once in a while. I'll, I'll think about reaching out, but I might be busy at the time doing something, and then by the time that's over, the next thing has filled my thoughts. So trying to get that in, in balance. Um, and then, of course, just getting this drum mantra stuff into the into the world it's it there's been leaps and bounds made of progress with the uh, material but it's like the more it's kind of i guess i would call it more success it has the more i realize how much there is to do to really really get it out into the world so that occupies a lot of my time um just contemplating the ideas of branding and marketing and and all the things that go along with that and, I'm, and it, it's all a learning curve for me because as a musician I spent the first large part of my career sort of being more about the music than the uh, the business side of things although business has always been very interesting to me but I've never it's always been sort of a side thing it's, I've never really taken it as seriously as I'm trying to now, so that that definitely occupies my time. And I know that the podcast is part of the uh, part of the branding of of Drum Mantra, and also uh, for myself. So um, this new world we live in with social media is is a uh, is a change and something that that a lot of us are trying to get used to because it is the future of how we communicate with people and how we get our ideas and art out into the world so uh, it's all a big experiment for me and I know consistency is important and I will try harder <laughs> but but really the the truth is I only like to talk about stuff when I'm inspired to talk and it's probably been the last uh, 10 days or so I've been thinking okay I think I'm going to do a podcast and so much, so much goes on in in my day, every day, with with a crazy gig or uh, you know a, a crazy meeting or just it just seems like everything is so unique. Especially if you're a freelance musician, every single day is completely different than the next. Where you're playing, who you're playing with, what the what the venue looks like, what the what city you're in. Um, so it's been pretty, it's, it's, there's always an adventure and I get excited about it and basically just want to document what's going on, um, and trying to find the lessons in it and the inspiration in, in my experiences to then put onto the podcast. There's just so many of them and occasionally I finally realize, well, there's so many of them that they're always going to be there and they're going to keep coming. So jump on and do a podcast. So 
here I am driving home from a gig. It's 9 a.m. Um, I played my the year's earliest gig. This is the third year to do it with the Stephen Leinard group. Uh, we do a jazz breakfast for about 2,000 realtors in Chicago. It's a, it's a Christmas breakfast. And we do kind of like holiday Christmas carols and stuff in a jazz setting. It's a lot of fun. The gig starts at 6.45, and even that's totally cool. I was up at 4.30 this morning and out the door by 5, and um, it's cool. It's a great hang. It's the, it's the only time of year that I see some of the people in the band, and uh, it's just a fun hang. And a lot of times, <clears throat> my decision to say yes or no to a gig has to do with the hang, um, and I think that might be something worth digging into a little deeper so maybe I'll talk about that for a minute in fact we sort of talked about that today about how um, you know Stephen would in the past he would call someone for for this gig for instance and they wouldn't want to do it because it was so early and to me my criteria my first my the first thing I want to know is is the music going to be great you know, I want to make sure that the players are all killing. And luckily now, for the last, you know, 20 years or so, it's pretty much 99% always killing. So, so that's that to me is the one is is the one main thing. But then it has to be a great hang too. I mean, I like to on the breaks. You're hanging out with the with the guys, and you want it to be fun and funny and and because that just that's kind of the camaraderie friendship portion of things and if it's a great hang and I know the players are great then I will I'll I'll do the gig um now if it's out of town and the money's low I probably won't (laughs) just because I have to be practical but um anyway I think a lot of people would freak out about a 6 45 a.m hit unless it's a you know morning television show which those are even a pain. Those aren't, those aren't as fun, rewarding, or as exciting as something like what I just did. So anyway, um, driving home from this, and I don't have anything else on my plate today as far as necessary things. I need to mail some books to Denver Percussion. Uh, I'll be doing a clinic at Denver Percussion on January 29th. I believe. I think it's a Wednesday. I'll do a clinic and then do a drum mantra intensive. So if you're listening to this and you know someone in Denver, a drummer, make sure you let them know about the drum mantra clinic and intensive at Denver Percussion on January 29th. I'll be out there. So they sold out of books and I'm shipping some more to them today. Um, and then I'm also going to work on my wife's website we're going to switch things over to Shopify from WordPress and I'm going to work on maybe filming some stuff I'm not totally sure what I'm going to do as far as filming but one thing I'm definitely doing is every day now I play through one section of the foundational series book and I rotate through so section one is in four four it takes about an hour and 10 minutes to get through section one. 
and then section two takes about an hour, and section three takes about an hour and 20 minutes because it's in 5-4. Section two is in 3-4, so it's shorter. It goes by a little quicker. Um, so I'm trying to rotate through those every day, and, and maybe that's what I'll talk about next because uh, light bulb went on when I was, I was in Columbus, Ohio, playing a gig uh, last week. And at the end of the gig, laying in the hotel room, trying to fall asleep. But I, I, I'm constantly, I had just finished doing the drum mantra intensives at Vic's Drum Shop in Chicago. And uh, that's where, you know, a group, of, a group of guys, I think I had 11 the first night and 7 the second night. Um, they come in for two hours and we play through exercises in the foundational series book and I talk about the philosophy of some of the rhythmic exercises and we do a lot of hands-on playing so when we do those I do the warm-ups and then I I kind of do a couple exercises from the sections and then we talk about the rhythmic melodies but I kind of jump around a little bit and to be honest I've never totally been happy with the complete layout and plan of how those go. Um, so much of me loves the organic unfolding of, of situations. So um, I really like to be open in the moment to seeing where everyone is at and seeing their playing level and maybe their hands are weird or they're having a challenge with something and then I can dive into to sort of addressing situations that I observe so I do like that aspect of the um, kind of loose looseness of the intensives but after I do an intensive I'm always really racking my brain about how can I how can I totally get this organized and lined up and um, so I'm in Columbus Ohio like five days later or something last week and laying in bed late, late at night after the band did a hang, little hang and then I'm kind of just kind of thinking about the intensive and thinking about everything and all of a sudden I was like wait a second warm up entire section you won't know what I'm talking about if you don't own the book but uh, the warm up is, a, is an 8 measure long warm up that takes 8 minutes to do because you play each measure 16 times with a moving click. So I thought, okay, the warm-up is going to happen first. And then, instead of playing each of the six pages individually for the section, those are called mini, the the one-page exercises that take about seven and a half minutes each, Um, I decided to go straight to what's called the performance piece, or I also call it the big meditation. And that's all six pages in a row. It takes about 33 minutes of straight playing to complete that. So I just thought, all right, we're going to do the warm-up. And then we're going to go straight into the, the meditation. And then we're going to go into the rhythmic melodies section and do it one of two ways. We're either going to um, play the melody, 32 measure long melody, eight 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 exercises, four measures each. Um, Either play that whole page eight times through, choosing an accent, and each time you repeat 
everything speeds up by one BPM. So you start to train yourself to, to recognize one beat per minute um, adjustments in time. Or you play the whole thing eight times at the same tempo, but change the accent every time you get back to the top. And either way, either those take about 17 minutes. So I was like, okay, so that's quite a workout. There's a structure to it, and it's it's something that that people can get used to expecting when they come to a class. Because I started up the drum mantra uh, drop in the foundational series group class again, which is a every Sunday at 2 p.m. at my wife's yoga studio in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, just north of Chicago, um, anyone can come in and take a take a class, and that's what we will do: the warm up, the long meditation, and one version of the rhythmic melodies exercises. And I really, it was weird when I had this realization, and it's crazy because I, I mean, I've I've been thinking and practicing out of this book for a long time, but when that kind of clicked. Like wow, okay, so that's like, that's about an hour's worth of material straight playing, and then 15 minutes interspersed in there of of a little bit of dialogue and and instruction, and there's the 75 minute class, and so sometimes we'll do section one, sometimes we'll do section two and three four, and sometimes we'll do section three and five four, and when I had that realization, I just. I felt like a weight was lifted. It was crazy. Like, like wow, I, I actually feel like I can breathe again or maybe live a little bit because now I'm, I'm, I'm not having to, to, to try to figure something out. Because I think a lot of what I do is create something and try to figure it out. Um, and I've, I've tried to train myself early in my life in kind of coming up with ideas. I mean, we all have great ideas and everyone has cool ideas. But then to bring an idea into fruition, you have to get to work and you have to to start with, uh, you know, what are the steps of making that happen? And me personally, I was really good at having ideas and I was sort of good at executing them but I never would complete anything all the way. Something would discourage me. Oh, excuse me, four hours of sleep. Ooh. Something would discourage me or, or uh, I'd get sidetracked or I'd start to, I'd start to out, outthink the situation and, and find the problems with it. But anyway, I was, I was never completing things and this, you know, finally deciding to, to complete something and then, and then see it through. Now I'm realizing that the idea is the easiest part and, and making it is actually the easiest part also. It's, it's, it's actually bringing it to full life that is the massive challenge. And it's a night and day constantly on your mind challenge, at least for me. So... When I kind of had this realization of how I'm going to do the class, I really felt like a load was lifted, a weight was lifted because I, I, I could clear that piece of mental noise from my, from my thinking. And, 
and the and then of course my wife who's already probably knowing exactly what I should be doing but sort of lets me figure it out on my own says now you need to go and go and practice those sections at least once a week so she's like you should don't you should dedicate 3 hours of your time to doing section 1 section 2 or section 3 and really 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 get into those exercises and and I agreed and that's what I'm doing so now I go down and I play the warm up the meditation and rhythmic melodies I did section 1 section 2 I did section 3 yesterday I'm going to probably do section 3 again today the 5-4 section I wasn't quite a I didn't have quite enough time to finish it because I had to leave early for my gig yesterday but um yeah it's it's um it's been great and gosh an hour goes by in no time and I've been doing it with doubles so moving accents around in the hands with doubles has been a been a great challenge and something that I can feel is getting better already. It's it's crazy how like I pract I've practiced this material more than anybody and it still trips me up. And I have noticed so much improvement in my comfort and in my playing. And I just can't wait to to get that out to everybody and to share that with everybody. The the crazy thing is over 600 people own the Foundational Series book, and very few of them have communicated with me that they've worked on it. And when people tell me that they've worked on it, I'm not totally convinced that they've worked on it the, the way that is intended to be worked on. Um, I had a meeting with, with a friend yesterday who just finished his guitar book, uh, 200 page guitar method book and we were talking about publishing it and how to market it and all this stuff and I said man to be honest he was trying to figure out whether to, to print it in color or to, to print it in black and white because a lot of stuff has to do with color in his particular book and I, I said to be honest this is going to be crazy to hear but people will buy your book and they will flip through it, and it'll go on a shelf, and they're on to the next thing that they hope they will buy that will make them better. But I think very rarely someone gets something and then takes it seriously because, first of all, as much guidance as I've tried to create for people with the play-alongs and the you know, if you own the book, you have access to the to a Dropbox folder, and in the Dropbox folder is three and a half hours worth of playalongs, and a video of me explaining how to use the playalongs. I still don't pe- think people do it, and I've got I, I'm trying to figure out how to bridge that gap of going from buying the book and hoping that it's going to be some magic pill to actually getting people to realize that if they do the work the way that it's prescribed, then it is a magic pill. It will work. But there is some work involved, and nothing, I mean, nothing is magically going to happen just because you 
bought a book, you know, there's there's work involved. But there if but if you can follow the method, if you can bring yourself to follow the method in the foundational series book, I promise you, you will get better quickly. And the the exercises are fun and addictive, especially when you do them with the playalongs. It makes the time fat go by fast, and you're doing so much repetition that you're building muscle memory very quickly. So it's kind of going to be my mission in 2019, I guess, to really get the point across that improvement will happen if you can actually work on this stuff. So you'll probably see some videos of me saying exactly that. If you do own the Foundational Series book, please download the play-alongs and try the exercises the way that I say to do them in the video. If you have the book and you don't have the link, just reach out to me somewhere on some social media and say, hey, I have the book, I can't find the link, and I will send you the link again. Um, anyway, I'm, so it's very exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this Sunday class sort of taking off. Um, it's, it's, it's tricky to let people, you know, give, give enough time for people to start building a habit because adding something into your busy schedule is not an easy thing to do. And uh, so I'm hoping that I can build a little, little class following. That would be great. Again, it's every Sunday at 2 p.m., on the north side of Chicago in Evanston, Illinois. So if you're if you find yourself in town on Sunday, it's very very easy to get to my studio. I mean, I'm 500 feet from the Metro Stop, Central Street Metro Stop, and about uh, half a mile from the uh, Purple Line Central Street stop. So even if you're in the city, it's about a 25 minute train ride right to my studio. So. Very easy. If you're visiting Chicago and you want to come to a class, you're more than welcome. You can sign up on my website. Um, what else was I going to talk about? Something happened last night on my gig that I was thinking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, it's, it's funny. I, I play so many gigs with, uh, with Paul Mutzabaugh and Chris Clementi. We're kind, of the, we're kind of the trio of doom. We call ourselves Crawl, Chris, Rich, and Paul and um, the Crawl Trio. And those guys are both just so good. And Paul is a master of time. And I, I know you hear me talk about him in my podcast, but it's really just, it's mind-blowing, his accuracy with rhythm and his depth of knowledge and ability to play very complex patterns and uh, and and groupings over chord changes it's it really is one of the most remarkable things and uh you know we're playing and we're actually playing giant steps and he is doing something that is absolutely was insane and chris of course is laying it down and just completely keeping things safe harmonically so it was easy to keep track of where we were but Paul started going into something that was so mesmerizing because it was just a it was like it was a, a polymetric grouping but in a grouping but in an odd grouping 
starting at different parts of the beat and playing it was just it was so complex but also at the same time not that difficult to understand the concept of what was happening but he was the, the tricky thing is you you the, the thing that I find myself doing is I'm either I don't I don't know if concentration is the right word but I'm I'm either focusing my attention on the tune and letting like for instance in that situation letting Paul do do what he's doing and appreciating it on a level that allows me to still be safe enough to keep track of where we are in the song and then then there's that other part of the brain that that wants to go on the ride. And so last night, I let myself go on the ride. So my so my limbs, my body is actually maintaining time. But I'm really trying to pay attention to what he's doing. So much so that I was completely lost. But, the, but, of course, the song doesn't fall apart because I'm just playing time. So if I was having to play harmony, well, that might, be, that might work, too, because I would be able to know, I would be able to feel the chord movement going on. But anyway, so I'm playing time and kind of listening to him, and, and eventually I just completely got lost in, in what his cycles were over the changes to, to giant steps. And then all of a sudden, some some person from the from the event we were playing came over and said, "If you're hungry, you're welcome to eat on your next break." <laughs> and that brought me out of the trance. It brought Paul out of his rhythmic trance, and all of a sudden, I knew where we were in the song again, and it was crazy. And then it happened again, it happened again, Paul did it again, and, and Chris and Paul were both on the same page, and, and I I got lost, I don't know what was going on, and all of a sudden they both hit hit the downbeat together, and I was, I was one measure, or two beats, I was, I can't remember exactly what happened, because it was a tune I wasn't so super familiar with, but twice last night, I totally, totally lost it in my mind and there's a different I don't I don't know if, if you've ever experienced this but there's a totally different mental feeling with paying you know keeping track not not keeping track like counting counting to four all the time or or anything like that but you just there's this innate sense that you know where you are in the song it's it's comfortable you kind of base your phrasing off of the melody, even if the melody's not being played. You just kind of know, you know the tune. You know where you are. And then there's this other, there's other part of your attention that, that like I said, can go on a, go on a journey. That might cause you to lose track of where you are. And it's a very delicate balance to play in both of those worlds. Um, of course, you don't want to mess the form of the tune up or anything like that. 
And you know, you can go into deep, deep improvisation mode and, and go into a whole new place for a long time and still know where you are in the song. But then there's this other, and that, that's the one part of your brain, and then there's the other part of your brain that, that kind of wants to enjoy it on a different level. And you kind of want to go on that ride in a way that makes you kind of pull the anchor up and just sort of let the boat go uh, with the waves, I guess. That's a way to look at it. And when you do that, you can all of a sudden be in very choppy water and not know quite how to get out of it. And, and that happens... That happens um, that's something I notice that happens in the drum mantra practice, too. You're focused on an exercise... It's all making sense. Everything's there. You're able to kind of navigate and and uh, innately kind of sense when the changes are coming based on how long the phrases are. And all that stuff works, and you're in that, that mental zone. But then every once in a while, you want to shift your attention into kind of the experience of the whole thing overall. And it's almost like in those moments, that's when things kind of fall apart. <laughs> Especially in the drum mantra stuff, because everything is exact, and one one wrong note or accent, and it's very uh, noticeable that it was not correct. So, you know, playing with that balance of of uh, being very aware is kind of a science brain. And then, and then going on the ride, kind of wanting to experience the the joy of the tension and release of the emotion of the music. That's more the art side of things. And and being able to, it's it's a tricky thing to balance and merge, um, because you truly, you truly have to have both sides very finely and and deeply developed in order to, to successfully go into either world at any moment. And I think that a great musician can do that. I mean, a great musician is able to communicate on any level that's necessary while at the same time enjoying themselves in the moment of what's going on emotionally in the music. And to talk about it like that, yes, it's fine. But when you, and and very, I mean, it's, that's something that we train ourselves to do from early on. It's when things become this, these advanced concepts of, of rhythm and harmony that can, that are really can push the bounds of, you know, what you're able to do. So I'm very grateful to, to play with people who allow me to have that realization because if you're playing with people and you just have a great gig and everything feels good and you know there was some exciting moments or whatever you might never know where you are really because you had you didn't have to 
uh, walk that walk that narrow line where you're not sure if every step is going to work. You know, with the play back and forth between the kind of scientific intellectual part of music and the emotional expressive part of music going in and out of both of those mental fields so that's something that I love to experience and um, it's humbling and it's also inspiring because it, it just shows me once I became aware of what I just said on here once that started to become an, uh, you know, something I understood now I can see it totally differently I don't, I don't get dark on on myself or anything I just I just know that 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 exists in in me and I try to to work through it and a great way to work through it that mental training is is once again it's the foundational series book it's all in there that training exists in the way that that book is laid out if you do it with the play-alongs so I mean I wrote the drum mantra stuff to help me be able to navigate the music I was playing with the people I play with better. Those people I play with are the people I played with last night. I mean, those those are the people that have inspired in me a deeper level of understanding. In this in this part of my life, I mean, I had the same in Texas. I mean, I played with guys in Texas that I felt inspired and pushed me as well in, in different ways too with groove and with, uh, you know, deeper improv group kind of improvisation and, um, you know, a totally, totally different thing. But in this, in this phase of my life where it became more about rhythmic accuracy and intense, intense rhythmic kind of concepts, that's why I created exercises to help train myself to be able to first understand and second be able to do these deeper rhythmic concepts and that's what the foundational series starts and it really I mean some people are waiting for a harder book to come out and I guarantee you the foundational series will challenge almost everybody right off the bat and the primary series will take it to the next step but really, the, once you understand how the foundational series works, the primary series will kind of work as well. It's just it's just kind of a little bit of a tweak on the foundational series. So if you don't have the books, I highly recommend, if you really want to get serious about stuff and really understand some deeper rhythmic concepts, please get the foundational series book. Get in touch with me. Make sure you're listening to the or checking out the audio stuff, the play-alongs. And I am so happy to help guide you into the correct way to practice the stuff because it's it's super important. I mean, if you bought, if you if you if you own the book, you should be able to, you should know how to do it, how to use it. So, so that's a definite thing. And and I am living proof as one of, you know, I definitely know people that have worked through the book and they have improved. So I am one example, and there are others who have who have done the, some exercises in the book and their playing has changed. So it's definitely been proven that these exercises work. And uh, it's kind of my mission to make sure as many people as possible experience 
it. So that's my 2019. Um, yeah, so it's just fun. I mean, music is so much fun. It's so great to the gig I played this morning. Um, I've only played the bass player one other time and it was a year ago. We played, we played this morning together and it was just great. I mean, he's a great player and the piano player was awesome too. And it's so much fun to just kind of communicate on a musical level and then take a break and kind of share some comedy and, you know, have some laughs and then go back and play some more music. Hello, Steve. And then, um, and then when you play again, you kind of bring that that deeper relationship into your playing, and that's that's always so much fun to to do. So I really appreciated sharing the music with these guys. It's it's interesting to play zero gigs with people, and then last night I have logged 15 hours. I mean, 15 years of gigs with people, and just how the communication works on a different level but it's just it's just all so much fun super grateful for everybody that I get to play with and and make music with well I'm home I've been circling the block so I could finish talking and I think I'm finished I see Shayna she's walking out of the house I'm pulling into the driveway so I'm gonna sign off hello okay Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.